And welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Dr. Jeremy, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host, Ms. Catherine Ironwood of LuckyMojo.com in Forestville, California, and hopefully Conjurman Ali of TheConjurman.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week, we will be joined by our special guest, Miss Athena of GothamConjure.com in New York City, bringing us today's topic of working with figural candles. They will take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or root work as defined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who have signed up from the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and have called into the show, then you will be on air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but let's first catch up with our co-host, Miss Pat, and hopefully Conjure Man Ali. How are you guys doing? Hi, Jeremy. You know, when you first took over as announcer from the inimitable, smooth, and dulcet tones of Papa Newt, sometimes you know you, you were a little you were a little shy there, um, but you have gone full nightmare alley on us now, and um, I do have and a I am enjoying background. it. I'm enjoying it. A whole new style of announcer. I love it. Roll them up, roll them up. Step right up, folks. <laughs> one thin I'm bomb. an outside talker, a carny, a carny uh, valley. <laughs> yeah, I love it. It's, it's a real valley, you know. Yes, gentlemen, she wears no clothes. Um, <laughs> I love you, Jeremy. All of you guys who don't know why I love Jeremy so much, he makes me laugh. He's a fun man. That's it. All right. And I love him also because he's my cousin. Not not a close cousin, yeah. but a cousin nonetheless. Um, all right. Well, that was a great introduction. You've carved your own path into history now with that introduction. Um, and I hope all the people in the in the chat log got a kick out of it. Um, and keep it up. I'm not. I, I'm asking for more. <laughs> she walks. She talks. She crawls on her belly like a reptile. Okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, there's all sorts of valleys that I actually know. I have a whole whole recording library of old valleys. Oh, really? Yeah, from circuses well, and sideshows. See, folks, there you know, right. see, Jeremy actually studied carnival um, presentations. Um, if you've ever seen him present at the Hoodoo Heritage Festivals, he has a big banner, like an old sideshow banner that he had painted, a genuine thing, and it's just perfect. It says the shock dock on it. Really great. Thank you, Jeremy. All right, well, things here at okay. Lucky Mojo are proceeding apace. We are making products um, for clients as fast as possible, and uh, we're doing the very best we can, trying to keep social distancing, keep our safe distances we have people working outdoors at picnic tables, people wearing masks. It's a it's a 
problem because, you know, everything we make at Lucky Mojo is handmade. There's no factory. We can't turn robots loose on it. The robots don't know how to pray the 91st Psalm, you know. And so, although we might be able to program them, I guess. I don't think so. Um, Reminds me too much of those Tibetan prayer wheels where it's all mechanical. Um, We haven't reached that point yet, but I can see why they might have. Anyway, everything's made by hand, prayed over by hand. All the little bottles are stuffed with little herbs and roots by hand, and that means people, and those people have to be kept safe. So people were asking us when we were going to open the shop. Um, The whole of Sonoma County had um, gradually gone into open mode, but we decided not to open, um, mainly because I'm an astrologer, and I looked at the astrology, and I thought, no fucking way. It's going to come back. And... um, and it did. And so we never did open, and now we're under lockdown again. So, hey, we lost nothing. So still, if you are local and want curbside pickup, we will do it for you, but we can't guarantee it the same day because we have to make all these things by hand. If you're ordering wholesale, you know, ask for a split ship. It'll do you good because if, it go, if it's wholesale and it goes in more than one box, just let us split ship it. You're going to pay for the shipping anyway on the two boxes if they went at the same time or on two different days. Please if you're wholesale, ask for split ship. We don't do it unless you ask, but you have to let us know. And if you are um, very, very impatient and you really want something that, uh, and are afraid we don't have it, please call the shop. It's uh, 707-887-1521, and our business hours are 9 to 5, seven days a week, Pacific time. Call the shop and say, listen, I want these products, and I'm, I'm going to order right now online, but I want to know if you have them and if it's okay to substitute. In other words, if someone says, well, we, we're right now, we're out of um, come to me. Would you like love me instead? You know, and uh, be prepared because if you don't want to wait, that's the only way you're going to get things really fast right now. Oils were pretty well stocked up on. The big problem, sachet powders. And I've always mentioned this because we have nobody making sachet powders most days because um, Heidi, who makes many of the foil products, uh, it has asthma, can't make the sachet powders, even though it's just arrowroot powder, she can't breathe it. So we have to wait till somebody else is in who can make powders and will make them to order. And we don't make those powders very far ahead because they're not as commonly ordered, but they all have to be made in batches, usually eight in a batch. So please bear with us. If you want to order oils and foil packs, tell us them. Send the oils now, send the foil packs later. We'll do it. If you want to order herbs, the herbs are being um, packed and managed pretty much on the weekends only. Um, that's when Summer comes in, and she's our uh, herb lady. And as you know, her name is Summer, so it's a, it's a good name for someone who works with botanicals. But again, if you order on a Monday and you order herbs and they're not packed, it'll wait till she comes in on the weekends. We're really running a um, a difficult kind of uh, situation here trying to keep everybody safe. I do not apologize. We're getting this stuff out, but it is a little bit yeah. much. And um, we're doing okay. Now, other things that are going on. Uh, we're we're reprinting some books. I know uh, this doesn't affect everybody because, you know, they don't know whether it's a third printing, a fifth printing. They don't care. But it does mean mean something to us. I've been spending a lot of time, uh, you know, cleaning up residual typos, sometimes well into the fourth edition, um, rewriting a bit of material for some of the books. And we have um, 
I think, seven books. Finally, the printer has reopened. I think I mentioned that last week. The printer has reopened. We have seven um, books now scheduled, and they'll be coming out. And then the big thing is we finally have made the commitment. Um, the AISC, the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches, which is the body that governs AIR, which is the Association of Independent Readers and War Workers, also the body that governs the CSL, the Crystal Silence League, and the body that governs, governs the HHF, the Hoodoo Heritage Festival. We've had board meetings, and um, our uh, inimitable uh, Jeremy has um with all of his technical knowledge, which is very great, decided since we couldn't hold the Hoodoo Heritage Festival this year, we are going to hold a virtual Hoodoo Heritage Festival. You heard it here first. It's going to be held, you know, with um, some sort of technology that will be, um, you know, live, like Zoom, say, for instance. I think Zoom may be the app we use, but I don't want to commit to any one app. could be some other app, but I think it's going to be Zoom. And it, it will be a virtual Hoodoo Heritage Festival. It will take place over the course of more than one day, and you'll be able to buy in to a live lecture. The lecture notes, which are what get collected and put into the books like the black folder and the red folder, will be available to participants in PDF form. Download and print your own copies of the lecture notes. Of course, eventually they'll be printed in a book, just like we always do. And then after... The um, this the the archived lectures will be available, and I believe Jeremy is this correct? They will be available for a reduced rate because they won't be live anymore. Is that right? Yeah, <clears throat> the, yeah. They, they they will still be available. Well, it, there's going to be uh, uh, a, a whole different sets of of pricing with uh, before the festival, which will get you um, you know the gift bags and all the things, but access to just the festival and just those things will will probably be available in the future as well continue yeah. yeah so yeah thank you that's what i thought so as people know who've been to our festivals you get gift bags and those gift bags include things to make and do because these are workshops right or they include books those will be sent to the people who check in for the live um, virtual Hoodoo Heritage Festival. So you'll you'll receive a package, and the package will say, you know, this is for workshop number one or workshop number two or whatever it is, and there will be things to make, and there will be uh, your teacher will be showing you, you know, how to dress a candle or how to, um, you know, make an inscribed Jewish amulet bowl or whatever it is they're going to be doing. It's just going to be shown, and you will have the the goods to make some of those. Now, some of them may have fewer goods than we did in the past. It just depends because we can't be sending people a lot of really heavy things like, you know, three vigil candles through the mail. It's a lot. But we're going to be showing uh, and doing. It'll be the, be just like the Hoodoo Heritage Festival. It won't be just someone on YouTube talking. You're going to be part of it, and it's going to really be happening. But after that, if you sign up, we might have some leftover gift bags and sell them. Um, but otherwise, you're just going to get basically the lecture portion of it. So we hope that this is going to make people happy. And the date, Jeremy, the date is? Uh, I think the date is 10 October 16th, 10-16. 10-16-20, that's the date. Now, it won't all be on that one day because there's too many of these, but that's the starting date. 
what it'll be for that in the next three days. Okay, 10, 16, 17, and 18. Two. Is that right? Or two days? Yeah. Two no, days. Three, okay. Three. I'm sorry, couldn't quite hear you. Say again? Yes. Yes, three days. Three days. Three days. 16, 17, 18. Okay. There you got it. You heard it here first from the Master Barker himself. Um, And I am so (laughs) grateful, Jeremy, that you're doing this. I am so thrilled. So um, we're going to have a website up soon that will um, sell tickets. You don't need to make your flight plans. You don't need to book a motel or a hotel or an Airbnb. You just dial in and you're there. And... um, We'll be letting you know about it at our regular HoodooHeritageFestival.com page. It'll get you there and get you to where you need to go to get your tickets, just like we always have done. Okay, But give us a, a week or two to have that set up. It's not set up yet. Just hang loose. Um, if you went to the HoodooHeritageFestival.com right now, you'll just see a kind of a holding page as usual. But um, but it's it's happening, folks. It's happening. And we're going to have a lot of unusual presenters and some of them are not members of air but they're famous people to those in the occult community jeremy can can we announce a couple of those people right now uh, i don't know i think we should not yet all right not yet we'll wait we'll wait yeah we'll we're wait. Gonna wait. Gonna, i mean uh, we're gonna wait some we're, of them are really they're really famous but i think we should wait we should wait. We're going to wait. Yeah, so yeah. come back Come back in a week or two. We'll tell you the names of who some of these presenters are going to be. They are um, – maybe famous is not the word. They're famous in the occult community. How about that? They're famous in the pagan community. They're famous in the hoodoo community. But they are um, – because this is being done virtually, these are people who can come in who have not been able to come to our festivals by virtue of where they live. Okay, that was a hint. That's a big <laughs> hint. That's a great hint. That was a hint, yeah. Um, well, some of them live very far away, almost in the the other end of the earth. Okay. They are world-renowned. World-renowned, but they don't live here. So, yeah, it's going to be very unusual. We're gonna We're hoping that this is going to set a new standard for this kind of work. It's really going to be an amazing, fantastic um, program and I'm, I'm just really really excited about mm-hmm. it and yes I will be presenting um, one one workshop and that will be on the guiding light to power of success by um, uh, Mikhail Strabo and um, then Alara Rivera my co-author on bottle up and go will probably be presenting the bottle up and go uh, lecture I don't think that we'll both be doing it it'll just be her because we're co-authors on it so yeah I'm going to be very much a part of this for those who said oh Kat you're not doing them anymore I am but Jeremy's doing all the heavy lifting and uh, mm-hmm. I'm just I'm just sitting there at the picnic table eating my sandwich all right that is the news <laughs> from here and it's pretty good and, and pretty extremely upbeat after some weeks of Misery. <laughs> so, so um, I'm going to ask Conjurer Ali, how are you doing? Oh, I'm I'm doing quite well. Minor technical difficulties this past week, uh, so I'm very excited for Mercury to finally go direct. But other than that, doing quite well. I actually wanted to give you uh, a shout out. Uh, I was thinking of you and the prediction you made many many years ago. Uh, we were in a we were on a phone call, and you might remember this. This was. Um, almost five years ago, and we were talking about 3D printing. 
and you started talking about how the future of 3D printing is actually 3D printing food and that yeah. we were going to have 3D <laughs> printed food in the future and that's when we knew that 3D yeah. printing is, is real. It's, you know, they've tried 3D printing before but now it's really taking off. But that, that would start to they would start to address like actual food shortages and issues like that. So uh, you reiterated this prediction, by the way, you should say, uh, last year during our conversation about uh, Uranus and Taurus. Mm-hmm. So we had, had this kind of freewheeling discussion. We said, oh, look, you know, Uranus is in Taurus, and next two years, these are the things you can expect. And, you know, I said, massive global social protests. You're like, you know, something revolutionary in agriculture and food production. So just the other day, I saw that they had begun 3D printing Beef. Talk about Venus and Taurus, and yes. they're going to wow. be putting, They're going to actually going to put that out and test it out in restaurants in the coming month in order to address beef shortages and issues with environmental impact of of farming. So right on the money, Venus <laughs> and Taurus. And, and Taurus. And Taurus. For those who don't get it, is beef. Okay, got it. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, I saw this and I went, "Oh my God, she predicted this years ago." <laughs> well, well, now if I was if I was William Stickevers now with a little bit of that um, New York City chip on my shoulder, I'd say, "What's wrong with all you other astrologers? You didn't predict 3D printed beef when Uranus went into Taurus, and I did." Yes, no, you totally okay. did. And actually, even even before the the Uranus and Taurus conversation, you had, you had mentioned that. I remember this conversation like it was yeah, yesterday. Uh-huh. We were all mm-hmm. on the phone, and we were talking about it, and it was actually pizza that brought up the conversation. He's like, you're like yeah, that's right. the future. Uh, you were going to have right. 3D-printed pizzas, 3D-printed right. beef. We're going to have 3D-printed yeah, right. food. Right. <laughs> right, that's right. That's right. So well, right on the money. I saw that video, and I just went, whoa, Cat really called it. Yeah, right. Well, I I win a prize. Uh, Thank you so much. That's very kind of you to mention it in public. Um, You know, the Nostradamus of food, okay? (laughs) That's what we're going to call it, yeah. I don't predict wars. I predict food. There you go. Okay. Um, Well, I hope things are doing well with you, Ollie. Uh, down there in your little world? Okay. Um, We do have a guest here who's been very polite and quiet. We're going to have to bring her (laughs) in, Sue, to join in the riotousness here. Welcome, Miss Athena. Hi. Hi. Happy to be here. It's so nice to hear your voice. Um, Oh, you too. You know, um, you're such a a great gal. I'm going to tell the world. Miss Athena, uh, in addition to running her own um, Gotham Conjure and being a reader and a root worker, also is one of the slightly recompensed, but not well enough, uh, moderators, and, and she is an admin of the Lucky Mojo Forum. So when you go to the Lucky Mojo Forum and ask questions about your condition, about what products to use, about spells, uh, Miss Athena is one of the people who answers first and foremost and keeps that forum alive and going and growing. That forum, for those who just listen to the radio show, if you're not a member of it, forum.luckymojo.com. Get to know Miss Athena better through there. And she's also 
uh, reads uh, on hoodoo psychics. So that's my introduction mm-hmm. to you, Miss Athena. Um, what can you add? What's going on with your life right now? Uh, well, thank you for that. Um, I'm going to join the Hallelujah Chorus about Mercury Retrograde being over because I've had nothing but technical problems in the last few weeks. Oh, and mm-hmm. it even took me four times to call into the show today because my call kept getting redirected to random people on the West Coast. So oh, um, oh, very God. happy that oh, it's over. Oh. I, <laughs> I, I feel like I've been busier than ever in the last couple of months between work and readings. And I have my regular clients in my practice. I do, as you said, um, dial into Hoodoo Psychics fairly often, and that's been very busy. But I find my regulars want to stay in touch as friends, first and foremost, which is lovely, but it's part of a bigger theme. People really need to reach out to some kind of a lifeline, some something that's going to help them feel a little confident and in control of what's going on in their life. And I've got a lot of calls asking for what's the rest of my year going to look like because of all the uncertainty that's out there. So that kind of energy is definitely the theme of a lot of the conversations I've been having, um, plus a lot of work on jobs, helping people get a new one, keeping their current one secure. That seems to be the theme, but it's been so very, very busy. And I'm grateful for the opportunity to help people. Um, I'm also very grateful for people wanting to contact me just to feel like they're talking to a friend or a spiritual lifeline. You know, that's very gratifying. So it's been super busy, super busy. We've been having the, the same thing. A bunch of us have been talking, Deacon Millett and I, um, and uh, other people who are readers. I think all of us are seeing an uptick in readings. And as mm-hmm. you said, some of them are really for a lifeline. Some of them are very sad. You know, Dad's in the yeah. hospital with COVID. Will yeah. he live? Yeah. And yeah. Um, there's also a lot of separated lovers. We talked about this last week and maybe the week before also, that there are that there are separated lovers who cannot see one another. And they some cases they want to know will they ever see one another again? You know, mm-hmm. um, the the guy has gone home to live with his mom because she needs help and um she's not allowing anyone in the house cuz she's aged and has diabetes and now what's going to happen? Are they going to a breakup? Will he get on with some other lady in town? It's it's a problem for people, mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. I'm doing a lot of reading on that. But mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of it is, as you said, regulars, people who mm-hmm. um, just checking in. I've actually been very touched. People have called me and said, "I just want to make you're sure you're okay, Miss Cat." Yeah. And I said, "You yeah. paid me forty five dollars to ask mm-hmm. if I'm okay." Oh yeah, mm-hmm. it's worth it. And I'm so that's so sweet. It brings me to tears. They really want to know I'm okay. <laughs> well, it shows the beauty of the human spirit. You know, we mm-hmm. all we're all going through this together. And when people yeah. are willing to spend money to check in like that, it's 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 humbling, and it's beautiful. It, it is. It is. Yeah. Well, um, today we have a topic, so let's get to that topic. The topic mm-hmm. is figural candles, and I'm going to um, give a little. Um, message about them first before we turn you loose. Figural candles um, really started to come into use in the 20th century. Yes, people could make molded candles and they could carve candles as early as candles existed. And we hear references, you know, carve a candle in the form of a man's penis or carve the candle in the form of a woman or a man. But the idea of molded figurals really kind of took off 
in the 20th century, particularly after World War One. And um, there were whole companies that made what were called novelty candles. Some of these were painted, um, you know, like the little Thanksgiving candles and Christmas candles with the little carolers or the turkeys or whatever, uh, little Christmas tree candles. And those became quite popular in America, but unpainted, just cast, molded figural candles uh, really took off in hoodoo, I'd say, starting in the 40s. That's when they really became popular. In the 30s, they were there. But by the 40s, they were everywhere. And you can find out about them by reading the old original editions of the Master Book of Candle Burning, which is the first place a lot of photos of them appear. And I also have some catalogs, uh, Cloverhorn Company and things, and there's pictures of them. And there are pictures of them also in the old Valmore catalogs of the late 30s, early 40s. But they increase in number and diversity as years go by. And so there may be little boy and girl ones, and they, they're molded. They really look like a doll baby because they use the mold that would mold a plastic cheap doll. And so some of these candles, the figural candles, were not unique to magic. They were other figures that were being used um, in other ways. Either they had a Halloween theme, so they they were Halloween candles, but then they would be used for cursing like a skull candle or a witch candle. Or it might be a black cat, but that is lucky for gambling, and so it became a gambling candle. So they came some of out of Christmas molds. Some of them came out of Halloween molds. But they also used statues. And one of the very earliest ones that always intrigues me is in Master Book of Candle Burning. There's a picture called a guardian candle. But when you look at it, it's obviously a candle cast from the mold from which one would make a plaster or a ceramic figure of one of the Jewish high priests at the altar. And you just go, well, that's interesting. There are Jesus candles, there are Mary candles, and other statuary-formed candles. So these became more and more and more popular. When they became really popular in the 60s, there began to be unique molds that were only used for hoodoo purposes. They were no longer tied to Easter, Christmas, whatever, but they had their own meanings. And the first of those was the seven-knob candle. But after that, the, the floodgates opened, and now there are candles in so many forms. It's just amazing. So that's my intro. Now I'm going to turn this over to uh, Miss Athena, and she's going to talk about working with them. Great. Thank you for that. that. That's a wonderful history, and I love hearing that because one of the things that I'm most grateful with uh for in uh in living in this current age is the amazing variety of figural image candles that we have to work with. It's one of my favorite ways of working and I find that a lot of the things that I want to achieve through spell work I can do by using figural candles. I don't have to create them, I don't have to rethink any kind of a formula. I can reach for figural candles for just about most purposes of my spell work. They are visually symbolic. This is such a, a wonderful thing that you can look at it and you're already drawn into uh, the the intention of your spell, whether it's symbolic of a person, of a situation. It really helps you focus your intent just by reaching for this kind of a candle because um, the imagery is right there for you in the shape, the design, and the color. Um, and as you say, the variety that's available today is just such a, an amazing panoply of options and possibilities. Um, you've got the male and the female candles, both clothed and nude, depending on the purpose you want to work for them. 
and the colors they come available in, pink for romance, red for passion, black for cursing. Um, you can easily move use these to move people towards other people or away from other people, and you can do that very effectively just by the nature of the imagery that you're working with in your candle. I do a lot of work with lovers' candles to, you know, the couples that are embracing to bring people closer together, to reignite passion in a relationship, or the back-to-back candle, the couple that are standing back-to-back that's in black mm-hmm. for a breakup spell. The imagery is just, it's right there. And and we all know about all of these candles. Um, one of the things that I really love, apart from the visual imagery, is the physical, tactile aspect there's so much power in being able to physically touch this representative of your target their head their body Mm. there's something just intrinsically powerful about being able to tactically physically connect and then manipulate your target through touch and i do Mm -hmm. a lot of work um in in priming a candle i'll talk about that in a minute um how i use them before i even burn them um, but what I especially love about these figural candles is they're, they're, they're a wonderful effigy of a target. Mm-hmm. You can use them as an effigy somewhere like a doll baby or a poppet versus mm-hmm. just a simple offertory candle being used in a spell. You can actually use them as a proxy of your target. And, you know, you can you can use them for, for good, to cuddle them, love them, and rub them all over your body. If you're trying to bring somebody's passionate energy to you, um, you can use it to send away, cast away a troublesome person. You know, put it in a boat, send it out to sea, bury mm-hmm. it in a graveyard, you know, put it in a crossroads, and let the mm-hmm. cars just run all over it and disperse that person all over the world. Mm-hmm. There's so many ways to use it as an effigy. Um, but what I particularly like to do and what, what this candle type gives me that just plain offertory candles don't is the opportunity to really prime them, to to work them like a poppet. And I'll do this for seven days, sometimes more, with pins, with oils, with, with screaming at the candle um, ahead of actually burning it. And by priming the candle, I find that I've predisposed my target to the intent of my spell before I even start the burning of the candle. And Mm -hmm. that way they're not so much weakened, but predisposed. And Mm -hmm. um, I I do this especially with skull candles. When I want to really seriously get into somebody's head, depending on the situation, I'm, I'm working with emotions or language or their decision-making, I'll map that brain based Mm -hmm. on where those factors are in somebody's head and really work on that, sticking pins into those areas, the right side if I want to impact the emotions, the left side if I want to impact their rational thinking. um, I'll get them primed and ready before I burn that candle. And it you also know, helps. I, I'm, going to, I'm going to break in here because I got to yeah, say go right something ahead. that ha- that hasn't been said enough. Skull mm-hmm. candles were definitely one of the kind of candles that um, were, you know, made and, and available from the 40s and 50s onward. But I have to give credit to my co-host Contraman Ali for bringing mm-hmm. skull candles into the center focus of figural candles. And he did this at the Lucky Mojo Forum. And I remember the day he did it. 
And people after that for years would say, where's that post? Where's that post that he did? And we'd have to link to his original post. You remember that, Ollie, right? I do, yeah. Yeah. After that, other people began to pick up on skull candles. And Miss Aida, in particular, took what Ollie had written and um, elaborated on it because she was trained as a nurse and she knew more you know, mm-hmm. about the brain and all of that stuff. But I have to give all credit. I don't think skull candles would have risen to the popularity they now have, which is immense, if it hadn't have been for Ollie. And I'm going to say another thing that helped them rise in popularity was Clive Barker's Hellraiser. Mm-hmm. In the mm-hmm. Hellraiser movie, there's a character called Pinhead, and he has these pins all over. And I, I'm a friend of Clive Barker and have even published some of his stuff in comics. And I'm not a big fan of horror. That's not my thing. But, you know, we were doing this, the art of Clive Barker. We had these pinhead sketches and stuff that we did. And I conceived of making the skull candle into, like, pinhead. So I kind of went out with that first, with the pinhead idea, and just making it not random, but, like, really orderly, like, you know, like um, sectioning off your hair for for dreads or something, just like pinhead. Mm -hmm. And then Ollie ran with it. And so... Um, big praise to you, Ollie, because you really brought skull candles to the fore. Thank you. Yeah, I one of the things I loved about skull candles and why I think they they really took off and why people loved it so much is because it does combine two areas of hoodoo together, and that is doll work with candle work, and that's the idea behind figure candles in, in the beginning, mm-hmm. right? Doll work goes back ages. It's one of the oldest forms of magic. Fire magic goes back for ages. It's one of the oldest forms of magic. And so when people started to figure out that, wait, you can you can put a mold <laughs> of a figure in wax, you can, you know, they loved it. Now, we've been making mm-hmm. wax doll babies for a long time also, but the idea of, of a wax figural candle really brings all of that together. And it allows you to do more than just burn the candle. And one of the things I loved about skull candles is like the ability to work it for days just as a skull, just as a, as a representation of someone's head, speaking to it, uh, anointing it, massaging it, inscribing it, uh, and doing that for several days before you even light the candle. It's a really powerful way of influencing a person. And this is what I think makes candles and just figural candles in general, such a, a attractive form of magic. You can see the person, you can connect to the person, um, and it's more than just lighting a pink candle, you know, and praying for so-and-so to reconcile with you. You're praying over a pink figural candle, right? There's that person right in front of you, and you can manipulate it, you can touch it, you can move it. And that's another way that I think is really great is the ability to physically move the object where you want on your altar, bringing it closer or drawing it further away. Yeah, this is this is um, real important in working with figural candles. You have to invest your energy into mm-hmm. believing that that figure does represent the um, the person. There are a couple of ways to do this. One is by loading the candle with personal concerns, and the other is by baptizing it as if it were a, a baby doll. So I'm going to turn this over to Athena. Do you, you do both of those things, right? I do, yeah. yeah I definitely Why don't you give baptize. us a lowdown on it? Okay. Well, you know, baptizing a candle, you know, there's the ritual of of just blessing it. I use holy water. I bless it in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You are now 
baptized as John Doe, um, all that I do to this candle, I do to you. All that mm-hmm. I do to this figure, I do to you. So that that idea of calling their spirit into the candle and having that be baptized as their proxy, as their effigy, as their person, you really do, as you say, and I'm glad you said that, you really have to believe that this is that person. And having it in their image, having that figure in that physical representation of a person really does help to focus that intent. Because it's kind of hard, for, especially for practitioners who are not used to being, um, you know, who are more literal-minded. Uh, doing that with an offertory candle poses a little bit of difficulty because they have to imagine this stick object as a, as a human being. So having it already embodied in the form of a, a figure of a human is very, very helpful. But believing that that person is in that, that person's spirit is in that candle, that candle is now that person, mm. is a yeah. big part of the work. It's belief. It's intent. And you speak to it as it you would speak to that person. The amount of belief and faith that goes into that is enormous. So I will baptize first. And mm-hmm. uh, depending on the nature of the work, um, I will baptize before or after I load the candle. Um, mm-hmm. In the free spell I'm going to give you later, which is a bit of nasty work, I baptize it first because I want to work on that candle over several days and torment it. And I want that person to feel it. So I want mm-hmm. the baptism to come first so they feel the pain. But mm-hmm. if I'm working on love, you know, I'm going to inscribe a candle before I baptize mm-hmm. it because I don't want to feel them to feel the prick of that mm-hmm. inscription. Yeah. So let's talk about loading candles because there's a few mm-hmm. ways to do it. Um, mm-hmm. The most common way is to load a candle from beneath. It's common because using a plain um, mm-hmm. molded um, cylinder candle, that's the easy way to load it. Um, but... If you're going to load a figural candle, you have more options. Usually they do have a wider base because it's to make them stable to stand, and you can load them from the bottom. So by loading, what we mean is carving out with a knife or some uh, tool. You can use one of those clay scraper tools. Those are real nice to just scrape out a little hole. Then you're going to put into it either some personal concerns or some roots and herbs or a petition paper or any one, any two, any three of those. But the petition paper should be very small. And then you're going to take some of the wax that you saved, and you can heat it. I find it very easy just to have a a large spoon that you just get at a thrift store, nothing that's part of your fabulous silver set you inherited from Grandma. And you're going to put that spoon, it's better if it's stainless steel, and you just put that spoon over or ladle over the uh, gas flame or the flame of another candle if you're working uh, with by candlelight only, you would use the flame of the other candle, and then you melt that wax and then pour it back into the hole. If obviously it won't all fit because you've put in herbs and tradition paper and some personal concerns, but you just smooth it over and then uh, make sure it's nice and flat and will stand again. That's loading a candle from below. But mm-hmm. many mm-hmm. people um, have become much more sophisticated, and I'm going to tell you some of the best ways to load a candle is to load the body part that you are meaning to affect. Mm -hmm. So if Mm -hmm. you are working, for instance, with a vulva candle, you're going to be loading the um the opening where the where the vagina is represented you're going to go into there not from the bottom you're going to actually mm-hmm. load the vagina mm-hmm. and let the vulva be around it if you're loading a, a, a adam and eve candle adam or eve which are the naked people or if you're or, 
loading a lady or gentleman, which are the clothed people, um, you can work on their heart by just digging in where their heart is and putting in some love herbs or whatever it may be. If it's an Adam and Eve, you can load their genitals and their heart. If it's a candle that you're loading for someone to, say, stop talking, and you use a skull candle, you can carve in where their teeth are and put your uh, petition and herbs to stop them from talking. For instance, alum will shut up their mouth, and there's mm-hmm. other things that are commanding type things that you would put in there. So how you load the candle is important. You also can roll the candle by oiling it or mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. melting some low low melt wax with herbs in it and um, and rolling the candle in it. For figural candles, it's harder to roll them, and so it's better just to oil them and dust them with powders. So many herbs come in loose form, they're all crunchy, but you can also get powdered form, like Damiana powder for love and sex and so forth. And then the candle is uh, can also, in many cases, people will... Um, dress a candle with sachet powders. That's a very old-fashioned way of working um, where you couldn't get all of, you know, powdered Damiana. Where are you going to get that in 1947, you know? But you can get a love powder, so you'll oil the candle and dust it with a love powder. Mm-hmm. So those are different ways to load it. And you can load different things in different places. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. one of the beauties of it. You can really target your work um, I have found as an implement for carving out a candle, something that's been very, very useful for me that I'll share here is Korean chopsticks. Hmm. Korea is the only place in the world that has metal chopsticks. And they're flat. They kind of look like a piece of linguine at the end. It's that flat and and slightly broad. And what I find, I can heat it because they're very long. So Mm -hmm. I can heat the end of it and get it good and hot. And then just touch mm-hmm. it to my candle and push it through just a little bit. I've got a nice slit, and then I give it a little quarter turn, and I've made a bit of a hole. And wow. the wax comes right out. The, the melted wax will come right out. But also I've made a nice, neat little hole, and I can really um, guide the depth by which I'm piercing that candle because I've learned the hard way. Pierce it too hard and, or too far, and you've severed the wick. Yeah, so you right. really want to be very careful how deeply you go. And I find that the Korean um, chopsticks give me the most amount of control and a nice, wow. neat little hole. Yeah, I'm going to have to look them up. See, now I'm yeah. old-fashioned. I use um, a screwdriver, uh, mm-hmm. not a big fat one, but a little, you know, a little uh, machinist screwdriver, not a carpenter screwdriver, and uh, with a wooden handle. And I like that a lot. And then the other uh, thing I use is a leather awl, is a punch awl. Mm. And so it's it's long metal, and again, it has a, a palm-sized handle that you brace your hand against. That I like a lot. And um, I, I find those really work well. I also think everyone should have at least one um, hemostat or forceps. I prefer the pattern called Kelly forceps, and I actually pr- prefer the um, veterinarian obstetrical forceps made large enough for cows because they're quite mm. long, and they have the Kelly end, which is this little curved end. And what I use those for is to grasp the pins that I'm going to heat in the fire and then mm-hmm. drench into the, say, damnation oil, and while they're still hot, plunge them into that skull. Yeah. And yeah. Um, the Kelly forceps, they're locking, the hemostat, they, they lock up, for you know, and then you can unlock them. If you know what I'm talking about, just go online. You can buy them online. I buy all mine online. Mm-hmm. And I just, there's every, but there's straight forceps and some like them, but I don't like them as much as the curved ones. They're easier to see what I'm doing. So I think that's an essential 
uh, portion of what you should have. And you don't want those little five-inch uh, human Kelly forceps. You want the eight-inch or longer um, mm-hmm. large animal for um, obstetri- they're called obstetrical forceps. Okay, well wow. there you go. Um, and yeah. uh, but those are those are essential tools for working with figural candles. And one other tool I would mm-hmm. say you need mm-hmm. a fireproof surface. Mm-hmm. And if you need to cover that fireproof surface with some aluminum foil or something to catch all your messes and drops. Mm-hmm. Now, when you use a leather awl and things like that, a screwdriver, do you heat them or do you use the pressure to pierce Either the way. Hole? Either way. It depends on mm-hmm. when. If I'm working on vigil candles, they're soft enough, they just plunge right in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But, yeah. but yeah. If, I'm, if I'm going to be working on a, on a figural candle, yeah, you can heat that. The, the, it's a steel. It's just a steel tip. Mm-hmm. And... Um, those all come with that. Also, if you don't want to use aluminum foil, you can use a um, a baking dish. Um, uh, excuse me, not a baking dish, a um, cookie sheet. Uh, mm-hmm. But don't use a Teflon one. That's they, they you just get Teflon fumes all over. And you want that. Um, so have, but you know, you're going to have a little setup in my book, um, which I'm going to have to mention here, the Art of Hoodoo Candle Magic. There is mm-hmm. a page that is a list of essential tools for working with candles, and I would recommend everyone. And I think that list has been repeated and reprinted in a couple of other books as well. I think maybe um, Miss um, Phoenix reprinted that page in Hoodoo Shrines and Altars, if you have that book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah great uh, advice. I think one of, one of the things that, that's important here is the idea that you need to burn these on a, on a heat-proof dish, as you noted, and there's a reason for that. One because candles in general you need to be safe with. You, gotta, you can't just be burning them on anything. But figural candles that you load in particular because they will catch fire, or they can, particularly if you load them from the bottom, eventually some of that stuff can catch fire as it goes down, as it melts out, particularly with skull candles. Uh, some of them kind of, they don't, and they, they make these kind of beautiful big wax puddles, and that's great. But some of them will catch fire. If you put a couple herbs in there or if there's something or there's a root in there, that can then the wick will kind of light that on fire and it can cause quite a big blaze. You want to be careful. Fire safety is very important with figure candles. Nine times out of ten, when I have a client that's had difficulties with some type of fire or my altar set fire, it's almost always a figure candle that Mm. it happened with, not a Mm -hmm. freestanding candle. It's it's almost Mm -hmm. because people don't quite understand how to deal with figural candles, you've got to be very careful with them. But this also brings up uh, an important point about how you're working with them. Unlike freestanding candles, you're not lighting them, setting them, and kind of forgetting about them, not walking away. It's not a passive act. Figural candles' power comes from actively working them. So you Mm -hmm. should be moving them. You should be touching them. And even when they've been lit on fire, you should still be interacting with them, whether you're praying over them, you're controlling their wick, you're watching how how they burn down. All of this is an important way of working the candle itself. You're not just lighting them on fire. You have to actively be working with them. So one of the ways that I do, or an example of the way that this, you know, that I work with figural candles in which I'm actively manipulating it from beginning to end is I'll take two figural candles, I'll load them, I'll anoint them. They're baptized in the name of the people. Then I take the figures and I place them face-to-face, and I tie them together with string. This is an old combination of candle magic with an old way of working with doll babies, binding them together. 
you light this on fire and you watch it burn down and you wait until that figural candle burns through the actual string itself. Once it burns through the string itself, usually what will happen is it will catch fire and some, there will still be some remnant of the uh, string. You are then supposed to carefully kind of remove that string, set it aside because you work with that string differently, placing it under the bed. But when it burns through, I tell my clients that that's a moment when you should say a prayer, that though the string is broken, we are now bound spiritually together, mind to mind, heart to heart, body to body. Then the candle burns down, you you bury the wax in your front yard, but you take the remnant of the string and you place it under your bed. This is a way in which you're interacting with the figural candle. You don't just kind of set it, go, okay, it's going to do its job. No, you've got to constantly, actively be working through it. Mm-hmm. Perfect. And to, to add to that, um, you're absolutely right. It is a very active engagement with your spell. So it just really helps pull you into the purpose, the intent of it, and, and you're there manipulating it and, and working with it throughout its its life cycle, um, even thereafter, even after the burn is completed or, or by watching it, I use them for divination too. Because if I'm working, for example, a skull candle on somebody and I find that the left side of the brain is, is burning faster than the right, then I'll know that their left side of their brain, their, their cognitive decision-making is being affected first. And if there's a side of the candle or a piece of the candle that does not burn or shows resistance, to burning, then I know that's an area that I'm going to have to work on, whether it's their language, Mm. their speech. If the mouth remains unburned at the end of a skull candle, I'll know that I may have affected their thinking, but they're not going to act on it by verbalizing those thoughts, and more work is needed. The same with a figural uh, human candle. I'll know that if there's an area of their body that burns particularly fast or slow or not at all, where the flame extinguishes itself, I'll know that's, a, that's an area to focus on. So it's good use for divination as well um, as actually conjuring. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, this is a very important. People um, kind of get bent out of shape about that, and yet it's very intuitive and simple. You know, and people burn candles, and this is a whole topic of divining a burn. But on a figural candle, they'll say, well, gosh, you know, his candle, We I had a couple of candles. I had two candles tied together, you know, a man and woman tied together with string or thread. And his candle just burned up completely fast, and then all the wax mm-hmm. just ran away. Mm-hmm. That must be good, mustn't it? Mm. And you have to say, no, honey, that's not good. Not every candle burns is going to be good, and you have to prepare yourself for looking at those, maybe redo the, do the burn or whatever, but be honest when you're looking at it. What does it make you think of? They go, mm-hmm. well, he, he burned up faster than me because he's hot and passionate for me. No, he was hot and passionate, and he's burning out, and yeah. you're left holding the torch, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. always be honest with yourself when you're looking at those. Now, we use a lot of figurals for moving candle spells, and you can use plain candles, moving them together. If you're going to do that, I, I recommend preparing the candles a little bit for when you move them together. If they have a base that's wide, so that when you put them together, unburned, their lips don't meet or their chests don't meet or whatever, I, I, 
I'd like you to consider cutting off the fronts of the bases just enough so that when they do come together, they will meet flush and they will actually mm-hmm. be touching. You don't want them standing, you know, uh, social distancing when they come together. <laughs> so always, always work on that. Same when you want a couple to go away. You're going to carve their backs away so that they do start off touching because you're going to put, um, you know, breakup oil or whatever on both backs and then you're going to move them apart. But it helps if their little buttockses are touching. Right, and um, you know, so always consider uh, modifying the candle if you have to uh, mm-hmm. to change it a little bit to make it be what you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fantastic that's the, advice. That yeah, that's such a good advice because you're again you're actively changing. Don't passively wait and see what's happening. You're actively changing that fate uh, with the candle. Like look. If the candle starts with a funky burn and the flames are too high, then you know cut the wick. Right. Don't let that thing. Mm-hmm. Don't let. Don't let all your work. Go, oh my God! I burnt a six-year-old candle and and it went up in a blaze. That's the flame. There was now three flames going on because the wick fell and it lit something else on something. Well, what'd you do? I watched it burn. Okay. <laughs> Done that. <right? laughs> don't let your work go to waste. You're actively intervening to manipulate this. And this is mm-hmm. this is one of the great things about figural candles. And indeed, the manipulation of the fire itself is a way of working. You can snuff out candles. A great way of doing separation work is if you, let's say you want to get rid of someone, whether it's your partner or a third party, is to slowly move them away, 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 and then snuff their candle out in some dirt or in water. I prefer dirt personally. Um, you can dab your fingers with a little bit of water and then snuff it out that way. Or one good way is put a bucket of dirt next to your altar, walk it away, walk it away, and then knock it off into that bucket of dirt, snuffing out that candle. So this is the way in which kind of working in the opposite direction of controlling the flame, you're actually putting the flame out in order to remove that person from a situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. I've got to. I've got to just add something here. You can let a candle burn down untouched. It's not the wrong thing yeah, to do. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. would be what we would call a test burn or a test candle, and you would use it for divination. But if you want to manipulate them, it's like dolls. You're going to manipulate them like dolls. And certainly, one of the the best ways to manipulate them is to snuff them, to put them out, to grind them out in graveyard dirt and take them to the mm-hmm. graveyard. Um, there are many ways to deal with um, bad people through the manipulation mm-hmm. of the candle mm-hmm. that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are, um, as far as manipulating a candle for love, um, that's less often done. More often people will let them burn as a divination. They, But you must remember, if you're getting knots on the candle or split flames because the the wick is untwisting, um, it's up to you to, to take charge of that. And take, take a note of it, which candle is doing it and which is not, because it shows resistance, absolutely. But also uh, manipulate it, because after all, this is a spell that you're performing. You aren't just... You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Unless you're lighting a white candle for "Does he love me?" Okay, you light a white mm-hmm. candle and and then watch it burn. Um, yeah. You know, and that would be fine. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're looking for an answer to a question, sure. But if you want to create the answer to that question, by all means, have at the yeah. candle, have at the wick, have at the flame. Do what you need to do to get it to perform in the direction you want it to. 
And yeah, uh, yeah, I like I like divining the wax remains for a candle that I've just allowed to burn for information. But when mm-hmm. it comes to actually affecting an outcome, by all means, I'm I'm very hands on with those candles and making sure that the the outcome is closer to what I want. Mm-hmm. And, uh, one of the know. things I recommend for this, a lot of people use these. Um, Aluminum pie plates that you can buy, you know, but I'm talking mm-hmm. about these aluminum foil pie plates because it'll contain all the wax. But mm-hmm. you also will get a stunted divination because it's all confined to a very narrow space. Right, right. I prefer a cookie sheet for that reason or a pizza pan with a rim because I want to see the wax run the whole distance that it can. Uh, that's just me. That's the way I was taught. Use mm-hmm. a pizza plate, or you can use a um, a china, you know, restaurant ware, white china ware plate. Very common in the spiritual church movement. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. please, if you are using glass plates and they crack, don't come crying to me and say, <laughs> "What does it mean? I had a bride and groom candle and the glass plate cracked. Does it mean we're going to break up? Oh my God! Oh my God! <laughs> no, it means you used a glass plate because you didn't know better." Um, So some of the restaurant wear will take that heat. It depends. But metal always will take the heat. Mm -hmm. And I, like I said, I don't like, people send me, um, you know, that's something, I don't know if you guys do this. I I accept photos of candle remains to read for readings. This is a 10-minute reading, Mm -hmm. $15. I'll read your candle for you um, for figural uh, burns. But so often it's sort of sad to see the whole thing crunchified into this little aluminum um, pie plate, and you can't really get the, the the image in its full development. Yeah, yeah. Now I agree with that. I, I I get quite a few requests like that, and they show me exactly that a pie plate, mm-hmm. and it's it's you don't know where that candle wax could have gone. Um, yeah. I, I do like using a cookie sheet. I'll I'll mm-hmm. put the tin foil in it and create a rim mm-hmm. around the edges if there isn't one, and then I'll set that on a. Um, you know those metal racks that you use to cool cookies? And, baking baking racks, baking, yeah. Baking rack, yeah. I'll set mm-hmm. one or two underneath it so that mm-hmm. whatever surface I'm on, the heat isn't going to affect it, but it gives that heat someplace to actually grow and go. But um, it really is, is helpful, as you say, to use something with a broad expanse so that that wax is going to be able to show you exactly the story it wants to tell mm-hmm. without confinement. Um, That's good. I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, this sounds uh, like a great topic for uh, maybe a future idea here, but uh, we've covered it, and I think we may have more to say about figural candles. We've mm-hmm. run out of time, mm-hmm. though, folks. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, Always a it's sign a of a good topic. It's a sign of a good topic, yeah. All righty, well, um, here's um, Dr. Jeremy to bring us our first guest. Well, the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour with your hosts, hosts Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ali, and this week's special guest, Miss Athena of GothamConjure.com, will be right back. Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at LuckyMojo.com, and by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org and by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service 
of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches, located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones, and we're going to bring in our first client, Royal Diamonds. Royal Diamonds, uh, calling in from Florida, the great nation state of Florida. Are you there? Yes, I'm here. How are you? Hello, everyone. <laughs> uh, Hello. She's looking. Royal Diamonds uh, is looking for a, a general a general reading on her love life. Is that correct? Yes. And you've never called into the show before. No, this is my first time. And have you ever had a reading before? Not with you all, no. Right. Well, then we'll but you had but you had readings with others. Yes. Okay. And that's it. General reading on your love life. All right. Well, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions, and then I'm going to um, turn this over to Contraband Ali for the first reading. Athena will do your second reading, and then I'm going to give you some uh, spell work. Okay. So, but before I okay. give you over to Ali, I'm going to ask you some questions. What sign of the zodiac are you? I'm an Aries. An Aries. Wonderful. Uh, one of the few signs exempt from the current planetary doo-doo. <laughs> no, Aries are doing okay. Aries Aries are not being knocked backwards and forwards the way the rest of us are. Um, and about how old are you? 34? 35? I don't know. I'm, I'm 185. That makes me <laughs> All right. All right. Well, we just want to know if you're a child or a grown-up woman. So, uh, grown. <laughs> okay. And uh, <laughs> do you have do you have any one particular love interest in mind, or are you just playing the field right now? No, I, I'm just playing the field right now. I'm I'm just trying to see. You know, I'm getting getting up there. So maybe I have a husband or somebody to come along soon, and maybe have some babies or something. You know. All right. All right. I get it. And, um, all right, I'm going to turn this over to Contraband Ali, and we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Thanks, uh, Ms. Kat. So I've, I've pulled uh, three cards here, and they, they tell an interesting story. The first card is the King of Wands. You said you went through uh, a breakup recently, if I heard correctly. Is that, is that right? Uh, no. Well, you know what? I, yeah, I, yeah. Uh, separate, well, I don't want to say a breakup. I want to say like a... Uh, what do you call it? Like a break or give space? Okay, that's fine. As you guys, as separation is fine if you don't want to call it a break. But this is this is the past. So the King of Wands represents something in the past, and it's a figure that is looking away. And it is important to recognize that whatever happened in this situation, uh, it's 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 time to kind of let that thing be in the past. The King of Wands is not a bad figure, but it is a figure that is looking away. An indication that lessons are learned, take from this experience, grow from it, but let this thing remain where it is. It's not a a card that you should be carrying with you going forward because your love life is going to be impacted by a series of upcoming changes. Now, as an Aries, uh, Aries usually go through some very sudden changes and very quickly. In this instance, you're going to find that your love life is going to slow down a little bit. The next card that we have is the Page of Cups, and the Page of Cups is in the present. This is an indication that you will start to get uh, sort of conflicting messages here. You might hear back 
from the person you just separated from. You might get some communication from someone else. And things may look like they're headed somewhere, but then no actual action manifests. So there's going to be a period of time in where communication, long-distance communication uh, and reflection are going to be the, uh, the kind of name of the game for you. And this is going to last for several months. Throughout the summer, in fact. So be aware that someone new may show up on your radar or an old person, an old flame may kind of recontact you again. But this is going to remain in the sort of communication phase, the speaking phase, the talking phase. That's where it's going to stay. And it's not really going to manifest into a physical relationship anytime soon. So in terms of relationships, it looks like things are going to slow down a little bit, that they're going to kind of come back down to the talking phase, not really going anywhere from there. That's just a short period that you're going to have to deal with. It's what we would call sort of the weather, the spiritual weather that you're kind of dealing with. And this cat can give root work advice to how to kind of move out of there or to manifest someone more concretely. The final card that we have is the Knight of Pentacles. The Knight of Pentacles tells me that you will find love in your life, but you're going to have to work towards it a little bit. The potential exists, but you're going to need to be patient, you're going to need to wait, and you're going to need to put the effort in in order for it to manifest as somebody. The Knight of Pentacles is the only stationary knight. It's the only one that's not moving. And it's a figure that is waiting for its time. So be aware of it, that there's going to, there's going to be, you know, a bit of a time issue here. That it's going to require patience on your end, a little bit of work. So root work is going to help to manifest for love for you in the future. But it's going to take you saying, all right, got to step back. And the Aries can't do this. It's sometimes hard for them. It's going to take them a little bit to go, okay, I've got to move out of that Aries mindset of go, 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 and kind of wait a little bit. This also tells us that the person that is going to manifest in your life is someone who will likely have either two jobs or who they themselves are in the middle of a project. So that's going to be a clear sign for you. This person is going to, that you, that's going to show up in your life, that you're going to manifest through root work, is going to be in the middle of some type of big work project when you meet them. It's going to be a little bit busy when you first meet them because it's going to seem like they've got a lot on their plate. Um, or they may have two jobs. This will be a kind of indication, ah, this is a person that the cards foretold would show up in my life. So this is an overall a good reading, but this is a reading with some caution. It says be patient, be ready to let go of the things that are in the past, let the past lay where it is, uh, be aware that you're going to be kind of stuck in the talking stage for a little bit, and to do root work to help speed things along. I'm going to turn this over to Miss Athena, who's going to do your next reading, and then Kat's going to give you some root work advice. Okay, great. Thank you. Hi, it's nice to make your acquaintance here. Um, nice to meet you. I was, I was listening along with Contraman Ali's uh, reading, and there's a similar theme that's going through the cards that I've pulled out. I'm reading from a deck called Deste, which is a Greek and Turkish deck, and I use this primarily for relationship kinds of questions. So it's perfect for the question you brought to us. Um, the first card that I have that represents you is, uh, is one of the four spirits in the deck, and this is called Isfahan. 
And what Isfahan represents is that you, you need to change the path that you've been on because you are repeating the same kinds of situations, issues, patterns, and behaviors that have brought you to this situation today. So it, it's suggesting that maybe you take a different tact in your approach to romantic partners or in where you look for them or in who you trust to match you up with someone so that you have greater success in, in finding someone who is more compatible with you because it looks like some of the things that, that have been done uh, to bring you to recent relationships are not working and repeating them is not likely to bring success in the future. Um, so that's what I see for you. And I agree with Kanjaman Ali about the need for patience here, okay, because there's a time out that seems to be needed. Uh, there's, a, there's a sense of you being trapped. There's a sense of you sort of sitting in a situation where you're wondering when it's going to happen, when it's going to happen, and getting a bit impatient about it. Because I have another spirit card. It's rare that more than one spirit will turn up in a, in a reading. This is a card called Bedes, B-E-D-E-S. And this is a water uh, energy, but it's reversed, mm. okay? In, in its upright position, it talks about taking action and, and making the first move and being responsible for your outcome. But it's showing you in the, uh, in the reverse position, which means this is a really difficult situation and it's going to require you to have a bit of patience. Um, and that where we need to focus on is the final card for you, which is about your emotions. Um, your mental situation, the way that you're emotionally approaching things is is holding you back. And this is represented by the horse called Hesse, H-E-S-S-E. He's also up, uh, re reversed, not upright. So this shows that your mental approach to things is actually to your detriment. So having some patience, sitting back, and actually working on your own peace of mind is going to be helpful, and that's going to give you the energy you need to draw in somebody who is more more suitable to you. Um, and what I suggest is is just sort of taking that time and having a bit of a breather. The final outcome here for you is there is going to be somebody good coming. He's a long way away. There's a mountain before he arrives, and his mm. he's called Turan, and Turan is a very happy, helpful, supportive kind of energy, the kind of energy you want in your life to uplift you and be a good, solid partner. And I see him as coming. Okay, He's very earth energy, so he may come from any of the earth signs. Um, he is uh, very, very happy to be of service to others. So he may be in a service field. That kind of an energy is what he's bringing. But he's going to be extremely helpful towards you and for you. But I see it being a bit of a ways away. So work on this time to actually get your own energy, um, you know, sort of sorted out, if you will, and, uh, and give yourself a little bit of space to exhale. And you'll approach it with a renewed spirit. But I see him coming eventually. Okay. Thank you. All right. So, um, so with these uh, cards that indicate that there is a bit of a delay, I'm going to, and then also um, there was the idea that you should do some work to prepare yourself for this. It's not going to come um, soon. Uh, Dr. Jeremy just uh, used um, 
he uses the Book of Lots, which is an old Jewish system, and he just added, um, I think your man is described in Isaiah 11:3. quote, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears. This is how you will recognize your man. And Miss mm-hmm. Athena's description is also good. He will be very supportive. Okay. So... Um, because we saw some delay and we saw some need for you to prepare, we have some very good omens, signs of what this person may be like. He will have two jobs. He will have or a job and another project that he devotes a lot of time to, perhaps a nonprofit or a hobby. that he devote, he's, His time is booked, but it's split between two things. And, um, and that you're going to have to wait a while. So... Um, what I'm going to do is suggest that you do some work every day. I don't like when people say, well, where's my lover? I want you to work on it every day. And if nothing else, I want you just to get um, a box of 50 tea lights. You know, you you get those big, you know, 100 tea lights, you know, at the dollar store. You know what I'm talking about? A little white yeah, tea lights? Yeah, I think they're like, <laughs> with, the, with yeah. the COVID going on, I think they don't DX out the package. I probably buy a couple of packs. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you just yeah. buy a couple of those. You 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 know maybe you get a hundred white tea lights. They'll all be white, and it'll be white. Mm-hmm. If you can get the kind that come in a metal cup, so much the better. So you can pop them out of the metal cup, and um, when you do, you can use a sharpie inside the cup, or you can use a a dead ballpoint pen to sort of inscribe in it. And you're just going to just write in it or however you're going to do it with a Sharpie or, or with with metal stylus of some sort, you're just going to write um, whatever you want. You mentioned a husband, so you just say, my future husband, come to me. Okay, Just write that inside, however you're going to do it. Um, you can put a little bit of some herbs in, and I'm going to recommend um, some catnip and some uh, Damiana. Just those two is good enough. Catnip to allure somebody, Damiana mm-hmm. for sexual harmony. And um, that's, a good, that's just a very nice group. You could put in some other things, but those two will work. And you're going to oil the candle once you have it popped out. You can oil it with some um, oils. And the oils that I would use would be a combination of attraction, look me over, come to me. You dress those candles. You can dress them in advance, seven of them in advance for seven days, but don't dress them too far in advance because the scent will dissipate. On the uh-huh. wax of the candle, you um, you know, you know, can use a little pin and write in something like, here I am, come get me. Here I am, find me. Whatever, you know, whatever it is. Mm. Um, and you're going to light one of those every night. Um, when you get, Do you have a job? Do you work? Yes. Okay, so you come home, you make yourself dinner, after dinner. That's a good time to do it. It's it's evening, it's night. Um, Try to do it at a time when both hands of the clock are rising. Um, So after 6, because then the the hands start to rise up to 7, 8, 9, and then after the half hour, so after 6.30, they're both rising, after 7.30, after 8.30, you want both hands to rise. And there's a reason for this. Um, If you do want a man who is... um, who is, uh, what we say, a man who can rise up to meet your needs, if we might want to put it politely. We want to work while the while the clock hands rise so his interest rises, all right? And, um, and of course, you want your interest to rise, too. 
So um, that's what, how you're going to work when the clock hands rise. And I don't do it just at 6.30 because that's not quite rising enough for me. I kind of like to start it at 7:35. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of it's, it. Really, you can see it go up, and that'll that that uh, candle will burn. You let it burn till it goes out. And I want you to do one of those every night. If you have a space, depends on how you live, where you live. If you have a space that you can burn it in a window, and that window can be seen from the street, then that's the best way to do it because it's you really call it's called putting a love light in the window. Now. If you want to pay a little bit more money, sure, you can use a red tea light. I just find a white one the easiest to use. Um, you're going to put love oils on it. Around it, you're going to, of course, if you're going to burn on your windowsill there, you want to make sure you don't catch curtains on fire. You don't want to crack the window glass. You've got to have a, a place that you can do it, maybe a little table or one of those little things you can buy online that hangs on the windowsill and makes a little extension. But you want something you're going to put it on, and then you're going to want to make sure that that is fireproof. For instance, if you can get a little table that has a, a marble top or something like that, whatever it is, you want to make it fireproof or put down, like Miss Athena says, a baking tray with a cookie sheet on it. Just something. It should, it should be pretty, though. Okay. Now, all around that, I want you to put some symbols of love. But they have to be non-flammable because you've got a candle there, right? So uh-huh. get yourself some of those red glass hearts. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about, little red glass hearts or a little heart-shaped bottle that you put some, mm-hmm. you know, red perfume in. I want you to put some perfume in. And um, and when you do this, just dab a little perfume on yourself. Um, you can use the oils if you would rather. I want you to have this as a little place for love. And I want you to write little letters, uh, just small letters, you know, like, like, you know, my beloved, wherever you are in the world, Please find me. I'm lighting a light for you. I'm keeping this light burning for you. Come to me. Okay? So this is an ongoing work. It's it's a faithful work. And um, you can ask, you know, for it every night until you start finding people. I do believe with COVID-19, you're going to be very slowed down. And I think no one mentioned that as the reason, but I really mm-hmm. do see that as part of the reason. You don't have yeah, to write a letter. A yeah. Mm-hmm. You you don't have to write a letter every night, but I would write more than one letter. Just how things are going, maybe once a week. Say, well, you know, here it is again, um, Sunday and I'm thinking of you, you know, this is what I would like to do with you today. Come come here, come find me, I'm waiting for you. But as that one card, the Knight of Pentacles said, you're going to have to make some moves to find this person. Right now we're in lockdown. As soon as you can get out, you're going to have to get out. This person probably is in lockdown too. So try meeting online and try, you know, whatever um, you have to do to get around. But right now we're in a delayed moment. I think you can do it. Um, But it's going to take a little work. When you find this person, they're going to be a little slow. Maybe their divorce mm-hmm. isn't final. Maybe they're moving to to the state that you live in, haven't completed their move. So make sure that you're not shy when you do meet them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I wish you all the best and good luck, and and um, stay in touch, and we can help you some more, perhaps. Good luck. All right. Good luck. Yeah. All right. Next, we have our network schedule announcement, which comes to us from the wonderful electronic land of. Far, far away, where only electrons live and no people. (laughs) 
The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay, Fridays, 1 to 2. And Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 7 to 8. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for our free spell segment with Miss Athena of GothamConjure.com in New York. Take it away, Miss Athena. All right. Thank you, Jeremy. Um, we're we're going to get nasty now, okay? The gloves are coming off. We've talked about spells for all sorts of things, and now we're going to get down and dirty and take revenge on anyone who has been verbally abusing you. And this is anyone mm. who's bullying you with their vicious, venomous tongue. This spell is payback time. So you're going to make them literally eat their words. I call this Miss Athena's Eat Your Own Fiery Venom Revenge Spell. And there's a lot to it, so I'm going to jump right in, okay? Uh, As for ingredients, you're going to powder up a mix of what I call really bad things. And in this mix, you're going to start with something called pika-pika. You may have to go and Google uh, some of these ingredients. Pika-pika is the prime ingredient in itching powder. It is extremely irritating to the touch, so please do not handle this with bare hands. Use gloves. Okay, but this is going to be a very central ingredient to our spell. Uh, Capsaicin powder. This is the thing that gives that burning feeling when you eat hot chili peppers. All right, capsaicin. Uh, You're going to add some dried and powdered snakeskin shed, and you get extra points if you're using uh, snakeskin from a rattlesnake or a kingsnake. Okay, this is going to put that venom in them. Blackberry leaves, that's classic for turning evil back to an enemy and also knotweed you're going to bind your target with knotweed so that he can't escape your work and i'm saying he here because i'm actually currently working this spell on a target and it's a male so i'll use he but it works just as well on a female enemy so these are the five ingredients in your powder pika pika capsaicin snakeskin blackberry leaves knotweed you're also going to need a black figural candle get the clothed lady or gentleman the person, the male, female with clothes on, whichever represents your target's gender. You're also going to need some hot pepper oil or extract. Here, once again, you can get this through Google, but you want one that's made from the highest peppers on the Scoville heat index. And I'm talking at a minimum, go for ghost peppers or do what I do and use the single hottest pepper on the planet, the Carolina Reaper name says it all. This is 800 times hotter than jalapeno. You really want this to burn, okay? You could use, if you want, a commercial hot sauce instead, but do pay attention to the ingredients because many of these contain sugar, and there ain't nothing sweet about this spell, honey, so you don't want any sugar anywhere in here. You're also going to need a condition oil, either revenge or crossing, seven straight pins, um, something to grasp them with, as Miss Cat was talking about earlier, the Kelly forceps or anything with an insulated handle because you're going to heat the pins. You need a photo and petition of your target, and you need that fireproofed plate we talked about, fireproofed container, surface, etc. So now, those are the ingredients. Here's what we're going to do. 
on your heat-proof plate, using that mixture of powder that you created, you're going to draw a double cross on that plate. Double cross is one line down, two lines across, because we're crossing up across her here, okay? Do not do this with your bare hands, please, because that powdery mix is irritating to your skin. Wear a glove or use a spoon. Now you're going to baptize your candle. We spoke of this earlier. Baptize in the name of your target. Carve their name into it down their spine from the wick to the base. And do this on day one because, as I mentioned earlier, you want that target to feel every bit of torture that you're going to unleash on it on the next seven days that we prime this candle. And once I've baptized my candle, this is when I start shouting my petition at it. I really want him to hear me before anything begins. And in this spell, I'll say something like, I will never more sit back and swallow your venomous words. By God's will, you will eat your own evil, and it will burn like fire from start to finish. You are now eating for two. So I'm really putting my anger in here, and I'm sending this all back to him. Now you're going to dress your candle in the revenge or crossing oil from head to foot. Put the photo petition in the center of that double cross and put your candle on it. Now it comes time to prime that candle every day for the next seven days. Here's where we treat it like a poppet. You're going to load your pin, heat it with a match at the end, dip it into that hot pepper extract. Be careful not to inhale it because it's very strong. And then dip it into that powder mixture that you've put on your plate. Okay, your, your pin is now loaded, and you're going to pierce the candle once a day, every day, as follows. On day one, stick that loaded pin into the candle's mouth. So whenever he speaks his venomous words to you or about you, they will burn in his mouth. And meditate on this for 15 minutes. Visualize the flames in his mouth as he tries to speak. They just burn him. Put your anger into that image. Okay, 15 minutes of meditation, stick it in his mouth. Day two, take another loaded pin, stick this one in his throat so he chokes on his venomous words. Do your meditation and visualization of him choking on his words. Day three, you're going to stick that pin in the upper part of his chest so his venom will scorch his esophagus as he swallows it. Just visualize that fire now traveling down his gullet. That's day three. Day four, you're going to stick that pin in his stomach so his venom will burn like an ulcer as he digests it. Picture that ulcer forming in his stomach. Day five, you're going to stick a pin in his intestines. You're going to put his lower GI on blast. This is where we're really getting nasty here, and I apologize for the visual image uh, to come. Um, Day six, stick a pin in his ass. So his venom will conclude its digestive journey with a vengeance. And on day seven, you're going to stick that final pin in his spine. This is going to weaken him, wear him down, and make him feeble by his own behavior. The beauty of this spell is he will not suffer as long as he's speaking kindly to you and about you. But the minute he starts with that venomous tongue to you or against you, you are now going to see him suffer. So he becomes the architect of his own misery. So your target's prime now, and uh, now you're going to burn that candle for the next seven days after that. Please do this outside or in a well-ventilated area because it can be irritating. And wear a mask if you need to. We all have masks now, so that shouldn't be a problem. But this needs ventilation. Restate your petition every day as you burn that candle. Burn it for about 15 minutes a day. Pinch it out. 
on each day until you reach the seventh day and let that candle burn down completely. Use your petition. Use your words. Put your anger and energy mm. in there. And then you just gather up all those remains, take them to a crossroad, and send his punishment to the four winds. And remember to cleanse wow. and, and use hyssop. Yeah. And wow. Psalms wow. 51. And Psalms yeah. 51 to cleanse Psalms 51, yep. Yeah. Now, I'm going to ask a question. You're doing this for mm-hmm. seven days. Should you bathe with hyssop every day after working on this thing? I personally do because this is a particularly harsh Harsh yeah. spell. Right. So, I, so I just like to personally. Yeah. Okay, so to bathe with hyssop, for those who don't really know it, you're going to just take some hyssop herb, uh, brew it as tea, just in hot water. Uh, so you can strain it if you want to, and just pour it over yourself while you recite Psalms 51. That's all you need to do with that. It's not that elaborate. Okay? Mm-hmm. What a beautiful spell, Miss Athena. Wow. <laughs> Unless you're on the receiving end, not so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, you know, as a person who has molded my own candles, I'm thinking of if you could, and if you are a candle molder, you might want to mold it with the wick um, actually coming up and going out of the mouth and try burning it that way just for kicks and see what happens, mm. just as a trip so mm. it'll actually burn down. Great idea. But, you know, not everyone molds their own candles. Just think about it. You can also mold it with the head tipped back and his mouth up and open, and the wick goes straight down. But, you mm. know, you have to be a craft maker to do that. All right. Well, let's turn this over to um, Dr. Jeremy, and um, he's going to give us our outro, and then we're going to all come back and say goodbye. Well, thank you, Miss Kat and Conjure Man Ali, and thank you, Miss Athena of GothamConjure.com in New York for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when our special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers will be Miss Michael of HoodooFoundry.com in Lightus, uh, California, bringing us the Will it? Will it? Will it? We're going to us the topic of doll babies to bless and heal. Once again, we've come to the end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. And you can find Miss Cat via the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Conjure Man Ali at theconjureman.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Dr. Jeremy. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, and the shows are available in the archive at luckymojo.com forward slash radioshow.html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here. Goodbye. Bye. Remember Bye, Papa everyone. Newt and the sprinting speed. All right. <laughs> uh, I want to give a shout out to everybody who's been in the chat room. Um, and um, Anna Gabriella, Angela L., Contraband, of course, and uh, Covet Gift 2, Dr. Sweets, Phil Billy, uh, Hound and Hearth, and Justin, of course, Jeremy, Miss Athena, Pam, Risen Raven, Ruwell. Thanks for being in the chat room. And now we say goodbye very late. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.